You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode which is of course the contractually obligated WWDC follow-up and this week I am joined by semi-regular contributor Donny. Hello Donny. Hello. I don't remember signing a contract. (laughs) (laughs) And we have with us uh, the fabulous Weihan Eng, the uh, eccentric iOS developer. Hello, Weihan. Hello. I'm here again for the annual post uh, WWDC podcast. <laughs> That's not the only time you've been on. That's not the only yeah. time you've been. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been on all, all the um, since last year, uh, last year's uh, WWDC. So. Maybe yeah. I'm planning to make this a tradition. Well, why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yes. We'll put it in your contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yes. it's not worth the paper it's not written on. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Right. Well, of course, it was WWDC. And I suppose um, before we go anywhere, you know, dig further into it, I thought um, I'd start off by saying, you know what did what did we feel of about this year's WWDC overall? I I will kick off by saying I thought it was one of the most um, vibrant and actually exciting WWDCs for for several years. Uh, um, you you know the in the Apple ecosystem, uh, lots of developer actually um, take uh, refer to WWDC as the geeks uh christmas right yeah <laughs> well this is the christmas of all christmas <laughs> <laughs> it, it is huge even running up to it all the rumors and stuff and even that those there are so many things still not covered by the rumors please <clears throat> i have spent the whole week you know following all the sessions and stuff and i still cannot finish you know <laughs> wrapping my mind around the whole uh, event. Just the keynote alone is like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was huge. It was huge. Yeah. So much stuff. And um, I think we will just sort of dig into bits as they come to us, as they come to us I think, because, uh, you know, the, the keynote was two and a half hours long. And if we tried to dissect all of it, this podcast would be about eight hours long. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, even then it would be tight. <laughs> yeah probably we'd be pushed for time even then so i think we'll yeah. just you know we'll just uh there's a load of links in the show notes listeners for various uh things that caught my eye but to some extent we're not really going to follow any sort of uh particular show notes we're just going to uh go where the where the whim takes us as it were so um donnie what what was your feeling about the keynote i think it was it was probably as you said the most lively keynote not only for wwdc just in general that they've had in a while yeah, they I just all the presenters seemed really excited about it, and yeah, and that's one thing they're always so excited about everything all the time. <laughs> Have you never it was, noticed it that? Seemed, 
but this seemed week, more genuine. Yes, but... it did. I know. Yeah, it's just the thing. It's like their stock phrase, though. And as they run onto the stage and they say, "I'm so excited to tell you about feeling as applicable." But um, I, yes, this year I think they were actually genuinely excited. They, the well, there was one piece that caught my uh, attention actually, which was right at the very end. Um, and I think it was a subtle jibe from uh Tim Tim Cook to. Uh, possibly some of the tech press because he pointed out you know with thank you um you know and uh how to describe it it's several things here have been many years in the making and he was quite pointed about that and i i think that was a distinct kind of you know two fingers to you don't you know on the years when you've said we've had nothing to release well actually that's because we've been building up to this one and it was huge huge so many things um where should yeah, we... the, the the thing is um uh the the thing that amazed me the most is so many people lost their mind over you know uh the the mac pro uh the ipad os you know the the rumored marzipan stuff so many people uh, lost their mind yeah i i mean i guess obviously the mac pro was the big Probably not really the biggest thing, but it was the most obvious. Um, the most expensive. <laughs> most expensive thing. Well, well most is shiny. It, is it expensive? I'm I'm not convinced that it is that expensive. I mean, I know but it's for stuck. me it's expensive. Well, yeah, but it's it's for what it is. I would assume it's not. Parts of it might be, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I know that the you know the one they're showing is you know six grand basically um, is probably fairly basic but and i know you know if you ramp it all the way up you're going to be talking at i mean somebody somebody pointed out that if you uh were to actually buy 1.5 terabytes of ram that would actually cost you about eighteen thousand dollars maybe more um but, but for the companies that 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 will be ramping it up it really isn't expensive for them it's no, what they need and, no it's and not it's, you know it'll bring them more money than they're putting out and I, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, we've had some discussion in in the you know in the Slack, and um, Mac Jim brought up the you know the suggestion that's been put about online by various tech journalists that somehow there's a gap between the top end of the you know the quote unquote prosumer market, so basically your iMac Pro and this new Mac Pro that there's no as it were, Mac Pro for prosumers. But actually, there's not that much difference between the cost of an iMac Pro and the starting price of, yeah, the, uh, of the, the Mac thing, Pro. The, the thing is, the, the I, I understand what they are trying to say. <clears throat> uh, what it is, is that they want um, um, iMac Pro price, uh, iMac Pro price, that has um, you know modular feature like the Mac Pro, but then again, if you are you know if you are if you want the modular um, uh, the Mac Pro, I I am questioning whether the price can be you know go down to that level. Yeah, well, um, I, I guess it probably could because obviously we had the um not the not the trash can Mac Pro, but the the you know the the original cheese grater, as was you know the G five and then uh, the Intel you know uh, Xeon Mac Pro, and that yeah it, yes that did not start at super you know super pro 
prices. But I, I, I think, realistically, that most buyers are perfectly well served with the iMac and the iMac Pro. Um, oh, definitely. Um, and a lot of the people who are, you know, bemoaning the lack of a modular tower uh, Mac at the sort of prosumer are, you know, they're a very, very small minority of people. And the people who really yeah. need a modular Mac Pro with the ability to stick in four graphics cards and 1.5 terabytes of RAM and all, they don't care. They don't care how much it is, really. Oh, yeah. I mean, we are talking about, uh, you know, those those people who buy equipment like the reference monitor they were talking about, like yeah. 40,000 per, mon- uh, per monitor. Yeah, 43 grand a monitor. Exactly. Yeah, like, like this is... This is a huge discount for them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even if they were to be paying 30, 40, you know, 30, 40,000 for one with all the gubbins in it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think it's expensive. And I've brought it up before. I remember the £9,000 at 2FX. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't come whining to me that the soup, that a machine of that power starts at £6,000 or $6,000. So... Um, I, based on what Apple's done in the past, I suspect that the iMac Pro will drop in price within the next year. It's also it's, possible. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe they'll introduce a more um, basic model. Or they, or they will ramp it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Because... But they don't want it to, to have the same price as the, the Mac Pro. No, but they could keep the price the same and increase the spec. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, but, but the real, the real price... Thing about the Mac Pro is not really the Mac Pro, right? We are talking about the the external display, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> the the stand is like one thousand US dollars. Yeah, the stand. Now, <laughs> yeah. Now that's the thing about that is I think that was a real PR fail because it's not really about whether or not the stand is a thousand dollars. I mean, it it doesn't it supports two monitors i think and they attach magnetically and it has the you know it does rotate to portrait mode and and a whole load of other things um so in and of itself i and again looking at the target market you know if you're going to be paying 20 30 thousand pounds for your for your setup for your yeah this is considered very cheap it's it's peanuts and most of them probably don't want it what because most of them will probably have studio setups with monitors anyway. No, you know, you don't have to buy the monitor. Nobody says you have right. to buy that. It's not your only option out there. You don't have to buy that monitor. All right. I know mm-hmm. they're saying it comes, oh, you know, it's 5,000. They would have done, in my mind, they would have been done a lot better to say, here's this monitor, told you all about it, and then said, it's $6,000. And people would have gone, yeah, okay. And then they could have said, but if you already have, you know, visa mount arms and all the whatnot in your in your studio we will sell it to you without the stand for just five thousand they'd have got applause for that instead of everybody <laughs> sucking their teeth because did yeah. you hear it i mean when they said and the stand is 999 people went <sighs> you could you could actually hear it on the soundtrack of the, of the audience going <sighs> so but if they literally if they at that crowd, if they'd said it was six grand and you can have it without the stand and we'll knock a grand off, they'd have had a bloody standing ovation. So that was just a, that was just a poor presentation, really. Um, no, but they they did get a standing ovation, you know, when they when they reviewed that they they have views. Oh yeah, 
So I, you know, over, <laughs> yeah, it comes with wheels. I did. I, has anybody listened to the John Gruber, um, you know, talk show live? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, did just you, <laughs> you hear the bit where he, where he says, and uh, Craig, so how much of the wheels? And the other bloke pipes <laughs> up without not actually saying anything, but he says, some um, no, no, installment he, plans are available. <laughs> No, no. He asked. He asked if there's an installment plan. The uh, guy carry me, and that that, that was yeah, the, implying that it's going to be very expensive. A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. There we are. I'm sure there'll be lovely wheels. Whether they'll be worth two hundred and fifty dollars is up to you. Well, but perhaps you can you buy two? Can you have two so that it's like a fridge? You know, you pick it up and wheel it on just the back wheels. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like, uh, what? What's that? The what's that thing that the usually construction people use? Oh, what the wheelbarrow? Oh, wheelbarrow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Um, no, I, I, I was very obviously the Mac Pro was a big highlight, a big piece of hardware, a big show. You know, lots of fireworks. Um. I thought it was a very good machine. I did not think it was excessively priced. Um, no, I don't. I don't think the monitors are excessively priced for the technology they put in them. And I think the thing with the stand was merely poor presentation, uh, you know. Um, yeah. And, and Don is right. No, it's not your only option. You don't have to buy that monitor. Lots of people who buy that machine will have perfectly good monitors already. Yeah, and you, you missed the, the, um, that part about the Visa mount where it is attached magnetically. Yeah. Wow, that is... <laughs> How, how the hell did they do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What 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 sort of magnets have they got in there? There we yeah. go. Oh dear. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll move on. Um, hmm. obviously the, the there's the iPad. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the intro video. Okay. That um, I you know if if you are not a developer, you you would not um resonate with it. But if you are a developer, it almost brought tears to my eyes <laughs> yeah the the whole the whole thing about um staying up late and then coding and stuff i tell you i have been through that so many times <laughs> and i i can relate to it 100 percent. so it's a very well done video i think i i yes i mean i'm not a developer but um I got it immediately. I thought I bet everybody who writes code, you know, this is this is chiming with them. Especially the bit where you see the people like throwing, you know, throwing his pen or whatever it was <laughs> because it didn't work, you know. And, and he's like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and the best part is the the tagline at the very end of the video. It's like where while the world sleep, uh, you dream. Right? That that is the just the best part of the video. <laughs> I did think it was a good. I did like that. I did think it was a very good intro, actually, um, yeah. because a lot. I think a lot of people forget that you know. Yes, the keynote is pitched sort of half at the devs and half at the public, but obviously, you know, mm -hmm. the rest of the rest of WDC is all about developers and code, oh, yeah. and um, um, it's much better than the developer, developer, developer dance by Balmer, right? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah although i to be fair to be fair to poor old steve bulmer i've always believed that 
his heart was in the right place with that it, because it is true without developers no platform goes anywhere and um <laughs> so yeah it might have you know not <laughs> that might have been a pr <laughs> fail in its own right but i i do believe you know it was, oh, oh but but uh, the the number of memes generated from uh, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> well there we are um well Weihan, you're obviously an iOS developer. Um, mm-hmm. there, some people, some people are saying that perhaps the biggest announcement of the whole keynote was something that kind of went under the radar of a lot of people, and that was the Swift UI. Oh, by far, that is by far the biggest thing. Uh, it's like a whole paradigm shift, and not only that, it um. It comes with a whole lot of uh, supporting features, like the way Xcode handles the UI development. You have seen on on stage the demo, right? Yeah. Uh, during yep, yep. during the keynote, you you know that is like to to uh, to build a UI like that without if UI. I don't think you can do it in mere minutes, right? We are talking about uh, sometimes even days. Uh, you know, just just the the table view alone is like yeah going to take at least half a day <laughs> you know compared to that few minutes on on stage it is amazing just amazing it's going to change a lot of uh, uh the way we develop for the ui and um especially when you compare to the previous um uh, paradigm where it's very storyboard centric and storyboard is uh, uh, you know, text data. If you really open up the file, right, and that that itself causes a lot of uh, um, source control issue. If you have a storyboard and multiple person is working on the same storyboard, when it's time to put the code together, a lot of times you have to redo uh, at least one of the the uh, one of the person's work. Right. So this is huge. This is really really big, and. The, I, I cannot emphasize how big it is for a developer, but this is really big. And because um, the other the other thing that goes with that is mm-hmm. the, um, one of the implication that Apple are going to be pushing towards, you know, Swift as their main development tool. Oh, that has been clear for a while now, right? The All the stuff that they have been doing uh, that, you know, the improvement to their objective c side right those are all um uh, effort to appease those who are being dragged you know screaming and kicking over to the side right we, we have to smooth it they have to smooth it over they have to uh, allow the you know the objective c people to be you know more um at ease and then slowly uh, see the benefit of Swift, then you know pull them over. Right? I think I think in terms of a uh, PR move, I think this they have done a very good job at it. You know, and especially with the Swift UI, so many diehards, uh, um, Objective C developers are now, you know, you know, on saying this on the social media, right? Well, it's time to start uh, learning Swift, and. Uh, Case in point is like uh, Marco Arman. Right? He he is also he also tweeted uh recently that says you know, it's time to learn Swift. 
Well, um, so yeah, that's yeah. I I obviously not being a developer, but I I did I did note that when I watched the keynote, and I thought this is almost being put in here like a almost like a throwaway segment, and yet I suspect that it's <laughs> no, it's a, a tectonic shift in the yeah, way Apple is. are going to expect things to be done in the future. Did you hear the gaps in the audience? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yes. Um I mean it, it even um even Gruber said didn't he, in the, in the in that interview uh, when they mentioned it and he said oh I think I might be able to see how to t- make that thing go red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's so it's so plain, right? And uh to to be honest, I actually held my breath during that segment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is one of the biggest thing for the developer, def- definitely. Excellent, excellent. And of course, uh, the iPad got um, well a differentiated um, iPad OS. Um, that didn't surprise me in the least. I'll be honest. I it's almost like finally because the last two or three years they've been adding various things to the iPad on its own, and people have been saying the iPad needs its own special OS because it's it's not a phone. Um, and, if, you know, you can make much more use of the screen estate um, if it had its own OS. And so now it does have its own OS. Um, I don't have an iPad, so I can't really judge how big a, you know, how big a, a thing that is. But, Donny, you, you use the iPad, don't you? Yeah, I don't... Um... You know, they, they, this has been every year, they show all these really cool features, but unless you remember to use them or get your, your workflow into using them, you're, you just forget about them and they're not even there. But um, it, I think it remains to be seen once it comes out. I mean, it'll be cool if they keep adding and adding more features to the iPad to make it easier to use. But a lot of the stuff they showed, like the um, expose and the stuff like that, I don't see myself using that much. But like the multiple windows, I barely use split screen now. Maybe I'll use it more now that it seems like it's easier to work. But um, it's not a bad thing. But I think it's something you have to remember that the features are there. And I think a lot of people won't even notice it. I think my my take on that was um, I think the, the kind of um, thrust there is that they're adding adding layers for you know the vocal minority who who want those things. You know, right. the, the people like uh, Fred Frederico Petici and um, you know the people who want to basically use their iPad as a as a laptop replacement. But I think the point is, as long as they're layers which you can use if you um, bother to learn them or master them, or but the average user who has no use for them can carry on using their iPad exactly as they did before. Right. You know, in the sort of Basic iOS, one window, one app um, paradigm. I was. I think the... if you put your mind to it and put the time into it to learn everything, it'll make it much more productive. But you just have to make it a point to learn it and yeah. use it. Yeah, I, I think I've mentioned it on this show before. Um, <clears throat> this is something that uh, was pointed out by John Gruber uh, that he was asking some Apple engineer, and then. Um, well, uh, not related to the iPad OS, but this is like uh, before we're talking about the Mac OS, uh, that is before the current one. <clears throat> uh, what he what he said was the Apple engineer was talking about, uh, uh, you know, if a user uh, do not 
care about the the advanced feature, like say for on a Mac OS, like the shell prompt, right? The terminal windows and stuff. Mm. Uh, if the user has no interest in those advanced features and somehow stumble on it, and it means that they have failed. Right? And on the other side, if someone were to uh, were interested in those kind of feature and they could not find it, it is also a failure for them. So, uh, if if they uh, continue with uh, the the with this kind of mindset, I I think it is it should be fine. Uh, they will keep refining the whole uh, paradigm and until one day it will click and one day it will fit, right? So <clears throat> that is uh, from the perspective of Apple. But uh, as a developer, uh, this is how I read the iPad OS. Right? It is basically telling uh, the developers to you know get with the program. <laughs> the iPad is a different thing. Don't try, don't... Uh, don't develop it like it is the iPhone because it won't work. Right? You have so much screen and whatnot. Because you look at the, the iPad after 10 years and still not many is able to uh, get a real grasp on uh, uh, how to develop for the iPad. So that's why you see a lot of uh, phone phone application, uh, phone apps that is being you know uh, exploded into a, uh, a iPad screen size, which is bad. <clears throat> and this is the signal that Apple is telling the the people. Get out from the mindset that <clears throat> you are developing for iOS. This is now the iPad OS. So in a in, in a sense, this is a psychological thing, right? So, uh it when you when you constrain your mind in, in a way, uh the the product that you produce will be within the constraint, right? So Apple is telling you, okay, take away the constraint. Move to a move to the side of the iPad. This is a new thing. I think this is what they are saying. Right? Uh, yeah, and that's some... and also is also to shut up the critics. Right? You know, right. you know how many years people have been saying that you know iPad is the consumption device cannot be used for this that even when the 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 stuff about the the. Uh, unific unification of uh, iPad and Mac OS, people are like, oh, all those iPad apps are, are subpar and then, you know, you bring it over to the Mac, it's not good. So <clears throat> this this is a way to, you know, shut them up and say, look, this is uh, iPad OS. This is not, you know, I'm anything, all, right? I'm also uh, thinking, in the, the way that you're saying it, it's psychological. I think mm -hmm. it's also saying the same thing to the consumers. It's it's putting it out there that you know this this is a different device. It's not just a big iPhone. It's yeah, not it's just a giant. Now. You know, it's a different a different beast. Um, and, and like you just said, um, you know, if, if you have a mindset that something is a certain way, that's how your product will turn out. I remember um, hearing Johnny Ive say um, on a on a program an interview um, that when you know, when they start with a product, they almost try and deconstruct what it is and how they think about it. Because mm -hmm. if, if you say we're going to make a lunchbox, that by its very definition makes you think of a box. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you never think about a cylinder or, you know, well, yeah, or, or a slab or, or any or anything like how. So how yeah. do we deconstruct what it is we want to achieve so that we're not immediately hobbling ourselves with, um, you know, preconceived ideas? 
So, yeah. Well, I, it's also, there's also the thing that the iPad started as a consumption device. And um, remember Steve Jobs sitting in the chair on the stage showing how he could read the newspaper or websites. And it was more of a consumption device when it came out. And it's just evolved into what it is oh, yeah. today. And they're hoping, I think, eventually it will become a laptop well, replacement. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's very much true. I mean, as they... Um, I can't remember if it was. Uh, I think it probably was Craig um, Federighi on the on on the talk show saying, you know, you have to understand that when we when we started out, we were very very constrained by the technology that we could put into that tablet. Yeah, not only that, right? The what Apple is trying to do is to get the developer to help them figure out like how to make this into a production device. Mm. And if you ask me, right, the developer have. Uh, the developer community have failed miserably. Uh, maybe cannot be uh, helped because the technology constraint is also there. Right? So, but the the point is the since the iPad Pro have came out, right? I still find that the the people are, are not able to produce good uh, production app because there are a lot of constraint in the mindset. That that is one of the. I think one of the biggest reasons why they decide, okay, let's do the the speed. Yeah. I, well, yes. I, I I just think there's a whole probably a whole raft of reasons why they've chosen now um, to do it, and uh, to some extent, lots of people, you know, lots of people, and we know that you know the tech press do not represent the average man in the street. But there was, I think, very much a cry of finally. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, I think on what with what Weihan said also, I think a lot of companies um, rush to make a iPad version of their product, not thinking about how it works on the iPad versus yeah. the computer, and they try to make it too computer like. But then there's companies like Affinity, which you know everyone knows I'm a fan of, and I know Simon's a fan of, and they when they turn designer and photo into iPad apps. They are, they are iPad apps and they're made to work on the iPad and they work on the iPad the way you would expect them to. Not It's not a clone of what's on the Mac. No. That's, yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> that, is, that, is, um, that is true. Um, and just a, a quick aside, actually, as we're talking about, uh, you mentioned Affinity there. Um, did, you, did you spot the, um, that Serif got a, you know, they got a name check both on one of the slides and um, verbally? Yeah, I saw that. The logo or something was up. Yeah, the logo yeah. was on one of the slides. Uh, that was in the Mac Pro section, actually, saying that uh, yeah. they would be, you know, supporting the Mac Pro and the afterburner and all the shenanigans that goes with that. I think um, the sidecar stuff they were support. They were one too. Support. Yes, I think they were. Um, we'll talk about sidecar in a minute, but I will just say while we're talking about um, Affinity, uh, the Affinity Suite has updated to version one point seven. Um, this week and uh, the publisher affinity publisher will be leaving beta it's been announced that that will go live on the 19th of june um, and to celebrate this um, serif are having a 20 percent off everything in their store so that's all of their apps and all of their add-ons their brush packs and um, workbooks and all sorts of things so if you're uh, if you're in the least bit interested in checking out the, the serif affinity range now would be a good time to hop on over to their website and have a look. There we go. Um, and I will be attempting, um, because I'm sure he'll be a very busy, busy man, but I will be attempting to see if we can get um, Ashley 
uh, from Serif back on to talk to us about, um, you know, publisher and all the uh, improvements in version 1.7. There we go. Um, I'm going to click order. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, let's face it. At the moment, with a, with a 20% discount, that brings it down from £50 UK to £40 UK, basically, um, which means yeah. you can get a complete suite, including, you know, a photo app, a, a vector drawing app, and a page layout app for uh, 120 quid. That's and no subscription. And no subscription. There we go. Um, and widely applauded as you know, on par with uh, with the Adobe suite. There we go. Um, what else? Uh, oh, well, Sidecar. Sidecar. Let's talk about Sidecar. Um, What's the company that they show up? <laughs> um, well, there's two. Well, there's at least two. There's Luna and another one called Duet. Um, ah, yeah. Who do, you know, who've been around for a couple of years at least. And, yeah, the idea is that it allows you to use your iPad as a second screen. Um, I'm not sure quite how Sherlock they've actually been because if you look at the official list of um, Macs that support Sidecar, it's pretty small. You've got to have one of the very newest Macs, basically, for it to work. Um, And Luna, you can use all over your house where Sidecar, I think, is meant to be like a second monitor more so than Um, something to walk around. Yeah, and also they pointed out um, again. I think it was. I think it was on the the talk show, or maybe it was somewhere else. Um, Apple have made it clear that the um, apart from pencil support in apps that uh, support you no know, uh, tablets or tablet input, that the um, the iPad in Sidecar is effectively a second display. It's not touch enabled. Um, you know, uh, except except for you can use uh, um, Apple Pencil with it, yes, and that yeah. will become um, like a touch surface. Yes, but it will not be. Um, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, turn it into a into a touch panel, as it were. It's not finger touch enabled while it's in that mode. Yeah, um, because but... it will it will be um, quite difficult to use if you ask me. Right, if, if you try to. Uh, touch on buttons that are desktop size and uh, also don't forget that when the sidecar is on the the size of the display is most likely going to be shrinked down uh, further right yeah yeah so, so the touch target is going to be very very tiny and is you know um, yeah. if you have used something like that before you would know that is not an experience to enjoy no it's not um and that is what apple have made clear that they are treated you know in sidecar mode your ipad is treated as another um, screen for your mac and um it's designed to be used with what they described as a precision pointer i.e the pencil or the mouse so um obviously if you think about it um more so than hurting Luna's business I, with the pencil support, I could see it hurting um, Wacom's. I, yes, oh, definitely. Yeah. I, no, I, definitely. Yeah, I very much think that the, the people who would suffer most um, from this would be it will be things will be low end uh, tablets, you know, drawing tablets. Even the high end, because it if you can, it basically makes your iPad a Cintiq for your computer. Well, there, yeah, that is true. Yeah. And the Cintiqs are not cheap, are they? <laughs> $1,000, I think 800 yeah. you can get one for And it. I have heard, uh, I, I personally don't have uh, any experience uh, experience with the Cintiq, 
but I have heard uh, many have uh, claimed that the the experience on the Cintiq is not as good as uh, say a straight up iPad, right? When you have say a, a art um, art drawing app like Affinity uh, or like Procreate and stuff, right? I think I mean I've I've seen the Cintiq. Um, we had uh, uh, Wacom came to our uh, Mac user group a few years back, and they, uh, uh, as well as obviously you know demoing a, a variety of um, the, the tablets, you know, consumer tablets, the bamboo and, and so on. Um, they brought a Cintiq to show us. I think at the time, the Cintiq for your iMac would set you back about two grand. Um, yeah, but how about the usage, right? I, I heard there's a lot of lag and stuff. I, it, I used the Cintiq and um, I didn't see lag as far as the Cintiq, but once I got the pencil on the iPad, um, drawing on the iPad with Procreate is just, a, it's it's just another, I don't know, another experience. It's just more. Yeah, I, I think like it a lot better. I, I think that, I think the answer there is that the Cintiq is brilliant, was brilliant, but there's, you know, it in the way it works, there's going to be an inherent. Um, you have to have an inherent amount of, um, well, not necessarily lag, but um, do you know what I mean? There's a, there's a, there's a processing overhead that has to be gone through you're drawing on a on a glass sheet which is on the front of your you know your iMac or whatever and then that has to be processed and then sent to the app you're using um whereas obviously I never saw lag no I hate you, antique. none no. at all and no. that was on um a 2011 iMac so okay. um it worked fine it's just the I think it just more natural I don't know it's just something about drawing on the iPad with the pencil I think that you've also got the thing, of course, Donnie, that the um, the the iPad A is you know designed specifically with that kind of thing in mind. But also, you know, they've built that incredible um, sort of what is it, 120 frames per second refresh, smooth flow um, screen technology, which I, I just yeah, I, I I think you're right. Basically, I I think that it's going to do, probably do more harm to somebody like uh, Wacom than it is to to um, Luna or Duet, both of whom, uh, I've got a link, both of whom have come out, as it were, not quite out of their corner fighting, but have come out saying, you know, we, we've been doing this for a while and we, we can offer, um, you know, we offer things that Apple's sidecar does not offer. Um, so I, I think there's room. I think there's room for all of them. You know, a lot of people often say, Oh, Apple have Sherlocked this, and that's the end of them. And often it's not so at all, because you know companies who do specific things may be a niche market. But you know, Ferrari's a niche market; they do very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, the it's not like the um, Sherlock of the old, right? Nowadays, when you see that uh, Apple have Sherlock some company, uh, a lot of times that uh, they will still survive but they need to adapt, right? They need to offer more than what Apple uh, offers. Yeah, exactly. No. Um, well, speaking of the pencil, the pencils also, and lag, is supposed to have the um, faster and less lag, not that there's much noticeable yeah. lag anyway right now. Well, yeah, they've, t they've um, yeah. trimmed the latency allegedly from, what was it, 20 uh, milliseconds to nine. That's pretty good going. I I was shouting at my uh, TV during the 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 keynote, like literally I was shouting, 
how 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 do you do this it's magic it's magic the dark magic Weihan. somewhere deep below, below the spaceship you know dark rituals are being performed yeah, it must be alien technology, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, they have the spaceship now, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, actually, this is totally a totally aside, but I saw um, a, a fairly hilarious meme uh, during the week, which was, um, it had a, a sort of a montage of things like, uh, you know, the Great Pyramids of Egypt and uh, Easter Island statues <laughs> and uh, a whole load of things like that all over it. And then it, the... the the um you know the kicker line was just because white people didn't do it doesn't mean it was aliens <laughs> <laughs> there we go i thought that was i thought that was excellent um well um of course um dashboard talking of things getting sherlocked dashboard which is one of the original sherlocking things uh, which killed confabulator um is dead apple are killing off the dashboard um, and as uh, yes, we had much hilarity in the Slack room about this, didn't we? Because uh, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think I've turned on Dashboard in many, many years. And even when it was um, something that was still shouted about, um, I used it almost not at all. I suspect there are a very, very small number of people who use it a lot and will be very, very sad to see it go. But they are probably a, you know, a fraction of 1% of users. I, I just opened it on my computer for the first time in who knows how long, probably 10 years. <laughs> and um, all the icons are look like they have like the glossy finish. Like they haven't even updated the look of it <laughs> since it came out. It looks like um, OS 10 when it first came out with the shiny, yeah. stuff, you know, like the, um, the glass looking buttons. But yeah. you, you know, right, uh, the Apple re did not really uh, kill the dashboard. It just migrated to the iPad. Yeah, <laughs> partly true, I think. Yeah, partly true. Um, I'm just going to go now. I, I, in fact, I'm not even sure I can get it to turn on on mine. Um, dashboard is off. <laughs> turn on dashboard. I didn't bother. <laughs> I did not bother with that. <laughs> that is how much I care about the dashboard. <laughs> no, I've, like, yes, I've not, um, you know, I really don't think I've um, used the dashboard. I remember there were Pac-Man games for it. And when, <laughs> this, when I was teaching at it at the time, we put a bunch of little games in it on the um, the Emacs we had. And some of the kids would play the games on it. You know, so, somehow, somehow that reminds me of the uh, YouTube game. <clears throat> Do you know about the YouTube game? No, no. no. <clears throat> uh, when the when there was some years ago, I don't know whether they still have it. But when the video is loading, you you notice there's a a ball that turns around in the center. It turns in a circle, and if you press the direction button at that time, uh, the screen will turn into a game of snake. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> <laughs> which is <laughs> very interesting and it started off as a uh, april april fool's uh joke but then it it was kept i think it was kept for a long time but i don't know whether there's they still um have it running or not maybe can try <laughs> there's one way to find out right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh dear oh dear um but stuff loads so fast now there wouldn't be time to try it probably yeah, that's the problem, right? 
You have uh, to slow right. down your internet to buy it. Use <laughs> <laughs> uh, that pull that old modem out of the class. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, and obviously we've been talking about the uh about the keynote. Uh, Weihan, of course, you have um your script, don't you, available for people who, if they wish to pull down a high definition. Uh, yeah. Um, version. Um, right? it, it's not technically my script. Uh, is this um? There's this guy that I came across in uh this GitHub. Um, I don't, I don't think he has a Twitter. At least I couldn't find his uh, Twitter handle, so I could not uh, attribute. But his uh, GitHub username is Oha Chuck. Okay. <laughs> is it? Is that how you pronounce it? O h o a c h u c k. Oha Chuck. Okay. But and. But in any case, right, this script is a video downloader that is written specifically to download WWDC video. Uh, what I have added, um, you know, I, I contributed to the project uh, by adding the the uh, feature to download the stream instead of the the video that is on the link on the video page. Because if you download the the high def uh, video from the link on the web page, it gives you the 720p video. But from the stream, you can get up to uh, 1080p. So um, from this year onwards, you can download the uh, 1080p and then watch it on your TV screen, which is you know, or, or um, as programmers, right? We really want to have the highest possible definition video because there is a lot of code on video. The the more blurrier it is, the more difficult it is to see um, what is on the screen. So, yeah. you know, that's that's one of the reasons. And uh, yeah, as you say, and the other reason, of course, is for all those people who want to download it and read all the stuff on those slides that they don't mention. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the the script is available on GitHub. Uh, it's called WWDC dash downloader, or we'll have it in the show notes too. Yeah, right? it's in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. So if anybody wants to get the script so that they can download a 1080p uh, version of the WWDC keynote, uh, and also, of course, all the sessions and video slides, which is more important probably for um, people like Weihan, who would like to yeah. review, you know, the various sessions, uh, or anybody else who's interested in, you know, getting, say, the State of the Union uh, address or mm-hmm. various others. Um, right. Well, I've got a couple of things I'd like to mention um, before we sign off, as it were. Um, Apple is apparently changing the podcast categories. Um, there's a link in here from Pod News. Um, some people are up in arms about this. Um, overall, they simply simply seem to be shuffling a lot of the categories around. But I did notice that um, the sort of uh, area that we fall in, sort of technology news discussion, seems to have been axed. And in theory, we would be repurposed, you know, recategorized as news technology, which um, seems like an odd choice. But there we go. Um, I've just mentioned that. There's a link if anybody wants to uh, see, uh, you know, what Apple are proposing there. Um, now, uh, this one's a, a slightly an odd one. Um, because uh, Huawei are obviously talking about building their own OS by forking Android, 
because Google have blacklisted them. Um, Google have said that this would be a security risk because it wouldn't be as secure as Google's version of Android. Uh, there's uh, a piece here from VentureBeat which says Google is contradicting its own open source arguments, which I agree with, actually. And also, um, it just seems to me that you, you know, if they're going to take this view that if Huawei take Android and build their own OS from it, that somehow that's wrong. And yet at the same time, they're saying Android is open. But actually, Android isn't really that open, is it? Because, you could, you know, if, if you want to um, have the full Google Android, you as a, you know, as an OEM, you are forced to take all of the Google services. And uh, if not, you have to build them all yourself. So um, I think Google are trying to have their cake and eat it there, really. They're trying to fend off, um, uh, you know, anti-competitive, uh, you know, investigation by saying that uh, actually Android is open to all, whilst in fact keeping a tight grip on it and forcing everybody who uses it to include all the Google services. So um, there we go. Yeah, increasingly, uh, you know, when, uh, whenever Google or, or, or now Alphabet uh, makes any announcement about their their stuff that uh, increasingly the chance of their foot in the mouth is like so high nowadays. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there we go. Um. Also, Microsoft have deleted a massive face recognition database. Um. Apparently, um. There's a link here to the BBC News. Of course. Um. Apparently, they comp- compiled a large uh database to train. Uh, face recognition um, and this database consisted mostly of um, images taken from online so largely celebrities and uh, journalists and such like people um, and they have said that they have deleted it but um, several people have pointed out that uh, a data set is never really gone because various people have at various times had access to it and therefore this data set will live on the internet forever there we go. Um, I, I've got a couple of uh, worth of chirps. Um, the, one of them's Donnie's. Donnie says, I don't like the Magic Mouse personally, but Target uh, has it on sale for $40 uh, with a link. <laughs> so for those of you in the US. Um, also, uh, at the time of uh, recording, Mashable Shop uh, have a sale where they are offering an Apple iMac 21.5 inch i3 dual core uh with a 250 gigabyte uh ssd for only 379 dollars uh this is a certified refurbished um and yes i i guess my uh my view of that was it's only an i3 it's only got four gig of ram and it's uh you know it's only a 21.5 inch it's also only $379 while stocks last. So uh, link to that. It also doesn't say which year is it, right? That's what I was looking at. Nope, it doesn't. Um, do we know? Does it? Um... Anyway, there you go. You would not get an iMac uh, as cheap as that very often. There we go. Uh, so I'll point uh, that one out. But looking, looking at the hard disk size, right? I have a feeling that you might not even be able to run Mojave. It, it could be that old. Okay. Here's the model number. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Um, we have another one. I think this one came from Mac Jim, which is called Seek by iNaturalist. Um, 
And this is an app free from the App Store where you can photograph, uh, you know, uh, animals and plants uh, around you in the real world. Um, and it's kind of gamified. It's a sort of, um, what did you describe it as, Donny? I think you described it as uh, Pokemon Go for the real world. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's pretty much it. Um, the, just the snippets this week. Uh, Skype screen sharing is now out of beta on iOS and Android. whoop de do. Why on earth you would wish to share your screen through Skype on iOS I'll, or Android? I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> the amount of calls I get from family members and and um, other people saying, I don't know how to do this on my iPad or my iPad is not working right. If I could say, let me see your screen and I can tell you exactly what to do, I would do this ah, if it works. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, okay. if I could control the screen even more, so that'd be even better. Okay. Um, and sadly, uh, the Maker Fair uh, company have uh, shuttered and laid off all their staff, which is rather sad. Um, you know, Maker Fair of the Maker Magazine and the Maker Fairs um, around, you know, the US and possibly elsewhere. Um I thought that was a bit of a sad story, really. Um, yeah. There we are. But it, it's <clears throat> it's also interesting because if you um, if you go on YouTube a lot, right, you find that the the makers culture is actually booming. Yeah. I, I wonder why. Yeah, you know, is um, it seems a bit counterintuitive, right? What what is the did they did the article say what's the reason they shut down? Uh, they're not making any money, and um, some of oh. their big sponsors have pulled out and refused to sponsor them anymore. Um, huh. it, 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 yeah, um, it just yeah, seems... probably moving their uh, ad uh, money to like YouTube videos and whatnot. Because if you, I've I've seen so many uh, videos on there that is uh, you know teaching people to make this or, or that and stuff. Oh yeah, very much so. There's there's a it is a lot. Um, so I I just thought that was a bit sad, really. Um. There we are. And any joy there, Donny, on the iMac? Yeah, I just found if I found the right one, it looks like it's 2010. So yeah. it definitely <laughs> wouldn't run Mojave. Yeah, so it's like okay, you know the 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 newest uh, Mac OS you can run is probably what was that? What's the latest one? I Sierra probably. I would say maybe uh, High Sierra. Probably. High Sierra. Yeah. yeah. Sierra maybe at the most. No, it would be high Sierra because if you can run, if you can run Sierra, you can run high Sierra. And uh, it'd be a great machine for a for a child or like a student. Yeah. Um, uh, interestingly, uh, high high Sierra uh, triggers my, triggered my uh, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right. Well. On that note, then, um, after what we all feel was probably one of the most exciting WWDCs in years, um, and one, uh, I'm, I'm with Weihan, I think this WWDC is going to have repercussions for many years to come. Um, I can't remember who it was. Uh, somebody on Twitter said that uh, this year is kind of, you know, makes a break for, you know, like we had 1984 to... Um, uh, whenever the uh, power PC age was, then we had power PC uh, to Intel. You know, um, this is this is a shift of that. Uh, you know, of that magnitude, we will see it as the sort of Mac OS ten Apple uh, ecosystem V three or whatever. So there we yeah, go. That makes you wonder what's coming next. 
next year because this is just the start with the iPad OS and uh, the the most obvious thing, of course, is um, uh, the um, what do you call that uh, Mac on the ARM processor. Yeah, right. So that that probably is the most obvious thing. Whether it will happen or not, okay, you know, in terms of guesses, uh, where where Apple is going with this probably has something to do with ARM as well. Uh, the the split between iPad OS and uh, the rest of iOS for the phones and the uh, iPod um, is going to wider and wider, definitely. Uh, oh yes, very much so. I yeah. I, I think so. Whether whether um, will the iPhone OS come back? <laughs> you know who knows, right? <laughs> so the the. Uh, there are so many other other things that is released in the this uh, WWDC keynote. Right? We just could not <laughs> cover everything. But, oh no, uh, no way! A, I mean, yeah. there was so much stuff. Other things we haven't even talked about. I mean, we we haven't even talked about Project <laughs> Catalyst, and you know the yeah. effect that's that's going to have. Um, but mm. I'm no and doubt all the features that um, Craig said was coming to iTunes. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Oh uh, yeah! That was. Up. That was funny. Yeah. That was funny, wasn't it? Yeah. So why don't yeah, we <laughs> iTunes, iTunes, we can put in email and calendars and notes. <laughs> Nailed it. Or maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. does have a very he is actually very uh, good at, at dropping the kind of witty, um, somewhat yeah. self deprecating <laughs> things. And that one was was brilliant because I mean that wasn't just a sort of a two liner, was it? I mean that was that was worked up to <laughs> Uh, he put significant amount of time into that joke. Let's put it this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and I, I, I will, I will just mention it because I, I, um, of course there were the the emoji, the animoji. Um, the, the they had the oh, little segment yeah. with the sort of YouTube influencers. Um, you know, yeah. I thought that was actually a very good way to to, to uh, present that feature to get it. Um, thing. And I know it seems frivolous. I know it seems a bit frivolous that you know more. More animoji, more um, more memoji options. You know, more hair colors, more earrings. More. But I, I think that's actually a big, a big thing for kind of inclusion and diversity. Well, yeah, you know, I have no problem with that. Go ahead. I have no problem with that. I think you know, it's fine. I mean, you know, the the, the half the world's population are females. So, you know. <laughs> you know. I mean, we we cannot say you know that you know everything have to be masculine and stuff. So yeah, no. I, I'm fine with that. It was the uh, you know it was uh it was good, and um I thought it was good to see you know uh an interesting range of people up on the stage as well. They, uh, have you noticed that um they've become uh, more the woman and more on the wheelchair? Well, yeah, I mean yeah. There, there was the woman in the wheelchair. Uh, there were yeah. various women. There were various. I'm just saying it's it's nice to see. I think. You know, over the last few years, they've definitely become more um, focused on allowing people who are part of the team who've done the work to come out and present the product. We've definitely moved away from the age of, you know, there's Tim and Phil and Craig and maybe Eddie, and that's your lot. Because after mm -hmm. Steve, you know, after Steve uh, passed away, the first few, um, the first few WWDCs were very much kind of his Tim, his Craig, his Eddie, his Phil. Um and they've definitely moved away from that. Yeah, I, I would imagine, you know, the 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 shock, you know, uh the around the time where Steve Jobs passed away. 
I, I think they, they had a few years of shock and you can see as a result, the some things are not moving as, you know, because they're still trying to find their footing you know, mm. without a very important person in the company. Well, I think, of course, particularly when you're talking about the WWDC keynote, I mean, the WWDC keynote in, in the Steve era was very much the Steve show. Wasn't oh, it? definitely. You know, <laughs> it was Steve. Steve came on and dominated that stage and, you know, he was a consummate showman. Um, and yes, oh, he, could, he, he definitely he could. You know, he <laughs> really could make you believe that black was white when he was on that stage. <laughs> you know, reality distortion field was not coined for no good reason. But um, <laughs> now they've moved on, and uh, I, I, I'm feeling a lot more positive actually. You know, in the last couple of years about um, Apple, um, you know, finding their feet again. Um, they did seem to be a bit confused. Um, so that's good. Right. Well, I think that's enough of us. I think that's enough of us. Uh, shall, shall we? Uh, we'll do the wrap up now. We'll do the wrap up. So, um, Weihan, do you want to go first? Is there anything you did, you know, places where people can find you or your works? Uh, uh, it's still the same. Uh, I'm on Twitter as uh, Weihan. I'm on GitHub also as Weihan. Uh, if you're a uh, fellow developer and would like to look at my work, uh, and of course, uh, I'm still maintaining the the writing app called Compo. Um, uh, you can put it in the show notes. Yep, it's in the show notes. Yeah, if if you are if you are uh, um, a writer, uh, check it out. It's free now, and uh, most likely I need to put in some time to adopt it to the the next iOS. <laughs> <laughs> Dark mode and all. Currently, it it um, already have a dark mode, but it's control in app. So maybe I need to uh, adopt it to be um, you know follow the the system settings and and whatnot. So so there you go. Okay, and uh, Donny, of course, uh, <laughs> would you like to list your vast empire of uh, retail outlets? <laughs> we'll make it short. Uh, at R-T-T-E-A-C-H-R on Twitter. Um, find me, look me up in the App Store or um, the iBook Store or Bookstore, whatever it's called now. Um, for all that stuff in there, I have a new sticker pack called Scribble Dudes that just came out. And I'm starting a new project called TwoFunDads.com with a family member. And there's a free sticker pack for that. And um, a whole bunch of other stuff that'll be in the show notes. Yeah, it's all in the show notes. Um, and I am, of course, on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, the show is at Essential Apple. All the stuff is, of course, on EssentialApple.com. And uh, that's about it. Thank you to everybody who supports us in uh, any way whatsoever. Uh, thank you to all the slackers. And uh, I think we'll say goodbye now, and we'll be back next week. So, goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. There is a portable accessory that should be included with every iPhone, every smartphone, every camera, every GoPro, every car. It's a life-changing device. It's called the Gecko Pod. G-E-K-O-P-O-D. Website is geckopod.com. Cost in the U.S. is $20. You can get it in four different colors. Black, magenta, cyan, and green. 
Read the description, a flexible tripod that adjusts to any surface. And it means any surface. We've talked about this before. A tree, a car, a microphone stand, a lab table, a desk, a chair. Can hold all smartphones, action cameras, compact cameras in countless positions. Lots of pictures on the web of people using it. The mount is easy to use and quick to set up with a myriad of uses practically anywhere and everywhere, even hung on a nail. They've got a new mobile pack that includes the adapter for the GoPro and also a Bluetooth remote for iOS and Android. $20 for this thing. You can't believe you live this long without it. Yesterday at the rehearsal for my band, it's called the Cactus Pickers. I needed to hang my iPhone on a mic stand to record our rehearsal. No problem. Just slip the phone into the spring. Here's the spring. Slip the phone into the spring on the top and wrap the five feet or legs. Very flexible, but also firm and really good grippers around the mic stand in the middle of the room, and I got a decent recording. I have used this so often. Have you ever heard of a heads-up display for a car? Well, you can do this by attaching the gecko pod to your phone and just hanging it from your rearview mirror. There are lots of uses for it. Please go to the website, geckopod.com. I use mine all the time. Whenever I'm giving a workshop and somebody can't be there, I record it. I just snap the phone into the upper part, holds it really nice and firmly, can record it, put it anywhere in the room so everybody can be heard. So many uses for the gecko pod. Apple should buy 100 million of these things in different colors and include them when people get their phones. What a great value-added gift and product this is. Get one today. You will be overjoyed to have it in your life. That's it for Nemo's Hardware Store. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Yeah, I think just a straight ad, don't you? Yeah. Like what? What would we say? Like Tech Fan Podcast, or... Are you are you interested in technology and gadgets? Uh huh. Do you um, want to listen to two guys who know technology and gadgets? Are we claiming to be those guys? Yes. <laughs> well, there, there we go. Are we claiming to be that be those guys? You be the judge. Tech fan podcast. Yeah, that'll work. Let's yeah? use that as yeah. an ad. Okay.
This has been the Essential Apple Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to you joining us again another time. Until then, goodbye. Mine has not uh, completely uh, complete the blown up yet, so I'm still blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there was so much, so much stuff in there. It's like it almost, and it was two and a half hours, and it didn't even feel like. Two, I mean, I've, there have been keynotes I've watched <laughs> in the past, and you know, you're, you're like, come on, really? You know, you're still wittering on about <laughs> bloody emojis yeah. <laughs> or, or stickers in message really you know it, it's not that big a deal but i mean this time it really was like i mean there was even the bit when they went where the crowd started cra- clapping and 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 craig was like no no we've got so much no stop we've got loads to do <laughs> i haven't got time to stop for you to clap <laughs> <laughs> but uh as much as they rush it right um uh, it does um it doesn't feel like it is too much of a rush, if, no. if you know what I mean. No, it didn't, because it didn't feel rushed, rushed, did it? But yeah, it certainly because there, there are definitely years that uh, the it, it actually feel very, very tight and everybody's like, thing. and then sometimes the way they speak is like overly fast and stuff. Mm. Mm. No, it was, a, it, it was an amazing keynote. Uh, <laughs> totally, uh, you know, a wash with announcements mm. and very little fluff. I mean, there, there's some so, but, years, you know, some years you get the bit where they're wittering on for ages about the buttery scrolling and whatnot. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're filling, you're filling here. You know what I mean? So, no, and, um, uh, I forgot to ask just now, what's the biggest feature for you? Oh, we never even mentioned it. Um, I mean, Apple sign-on is huge. Um, mm. The Apple, the Apple sign-on was huge for me. I guess because I'm interested in it, not because I will ever buy one. Um, the Mac Pro, you know, mm. fascinated me. Um, I, as is often the way with with the keynote, the thing that you think is important or is you know most interesting in the week or two after is mm-hmm. not the thing that turns out to be the most important in the long run. Which is why yeah. you know the the whole. Uh, swift ui thing caught my attention um mm-hmm. because i did just yeah i obviously it's not my field uh, but i just saw it and i thought you're making n- almost nothing out of this and yet i suspect this is possibly one of the biggest announcements in this keynote um, yeah the if you <clears throat> if you see my twitter feed right uh, so many people is like because i follow a lot of developers uh, so such a big thing in, in the whole community. Everybody is like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, when, I, I, when I first heard it, right, it's like I, I couldn't understand. Uh, when I first heard the rumors, it wasn't even, um, it was described almost exactly like how it's described on the keynote. But at that time, there is no visualization that you cannot, I cannot see what is it talking about. And and later when they did the demo and was not uh and when I saw it it's like wow I you know it's like when when is the the next version going to come out and is some is going to be fall <laughs> remember I remember when I was younger on the Commodore sixty four they used to come out with like make your own games 
and it was mm-hmm. drag and drop and you'd say do this and jump it's, it's it just reminded me of that almost i'm sure oh, yeah to it but it reminded me a lot of those type of things well it's a lot more sophisticated than that and it is in- incredible that you can do so many things with so little that, that is very incredible but the question is will it will it solve my um constraint nightmares that i keep bugging you about <laughs> ah, did, did you did you notice in all the demos there was no no single mention about constraint? <laughs> You're right. Did, yeah, right. <laughs> it's a big, you know That's the, a nightmare. That is a reason why they did not mention constraint is because it's not there anymore. Oh, right? it's not. What, yeah, it's not there anymore. What they are what they are doing is that they are uh, using a lot of uh, uh, what they call that the uh, stacks using like vertical stacks and horizontal stacks, right? which we already have now, but the the stacks uh, that we apply in the storyboard is not as good. Somehow, the it doesn't have the smarts of this um, the Swift UI. So I'm suspecting behind the scene, they put a lot of default in it, and uh, it will it looks like it works a lot better than the, the you know, trying to, to, to be fiddly with the constraint. Should it be more like um, if you're laying something out in pages, for example, and it, what you do, it should just stay that way? Uh, not exactly so, because it, it uh, adapts itself. You think of it as you put in like slot, okay? So like for vertical stack, you know, this is like, this will come after this and after this and after this, right? If you need to space it apart, you put a spacer in between, right? And for the... Uh, um, the the what do you call it the horizontal stack is that you're going to put this element next to this element next to it this element so you break it up into grid that can fit uh the your 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 element on the screen so i think it does it intelligently in the sense that it will um know how to uh adjust its size based on the whatever that is available so it's more like an auto constraint. I wouldn't say that the constraint is not there anymore. It's just that they are they are doing a lot of things for you. And if you are doing something that you really absolutely need to put in some constraint, I, at that point, I think you are doing it wrong. So right. So this is the new system, right? That is why it's like oh, I still can't get over how amazed amazed I am with it. The <laughs> Simon just way has been helping me behind the scenes. Yeah. me in um, directions with an app I'm working on, and yeah, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of gathered that layout is the thing. Yeah, yeah it's uh, the current system is very fiddly and whatnot. You take out one, and then you try to put it back, it, it will never go back the same way. You know, it's like those um, uh, Apple packages when you take it apart, you cannot put it back in, <laughs> or, or you'll, it'll be like laying something out in in Illustrator or something, and you have it looking exactly the way you want. And then you run it, and it looks like it's been through a blender and nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nothing, nothing exactly. comes out where you expect. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's so fiddly. I, you know, it's amazing. You know, it, it's like this. You know, even before the this Swift UI comes out, like officially, I'm thinking to myself, how have I lived before this? <laughs> <laughs> how did I get by? Well, this is this, yeah. this is this is what. We but do. it looks like it'll make it a lot easier for people like me that aren't like that are oh, trying definitely. to dabble in it and learn it. Oh, definitely. Because if you if you look at the the uh, app development uh, site, right? developers should not be doing UI. 
the the UI should be done by artists or you know UI expert uh people who have some artistic sense and who can design like you know oh what color to put on the font what color to put on the background and stuff like that so developer has the worst sense of uh, uh design you know? they, they just cannot do design so if you if you ask the non developer to do the storyboard and whatnot you will see you will see the hair falling out faster than anything <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's very difficult for for people who don't understand the system to work with it so uh, the swift ui is perfect it's just perfect for for non developers i and i think this is going to be a, a very huge drive for um the the kind of position in the the companies right the development uh, uh the the development team and whatnot so uh probably they have like a designer that does solely on design and they can focus on it right they don't have to think about oh this constraint and that constraint and stuff so i i think this is going to be huge yeah beyond even like uh, uh just from a de- developer's perspective right <laughs> Yeah, well, there we go. Right, well, I'm going to get off now because I'm going to put my beef in the oven. Okay. If I don't get my beef in the oven at a sensible time, I won't get to eat it until midnight. That would not be a good thing. So, uh, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna clear off. But uh, thanks anyway, boys. Fabulous. Okay. I'm hanging up too. All right then. See ya. See ya. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.